JT Franks. JT Franks, you have come quite a long way. Hello and welcome to Second Class Cinema, the show where we watch a B-movie and immediately discuss. I'm Tom, I'm here with Brittany and Eric, hello. Hello, hello. I'm Eric. <laughs> hey Eric. You're Brittany. I am. Great news. <laughs> uh, she looked at me expectantly. I like, said hey. hello. We all said hello and uh, so we just came off of watching the 2010 movie Bitter Feast. And it was not that bitter. No. <laughs> It wasn't too bad. Um, so, Brittany, this was your pick. Why don't you fill us in on why you picked it? I did. We found this movie when we were sifting through piles of movies at the flea market from some video store that had gone out of business. And that's the right. premise of this movie is that I'm just going to tell you the premise because well, that's, that's the reason that's why. Made, because yeah. that's what made me wrap it into one. <laughs> uh, so basically, this f- chef gets a horrible review from a douchebag food critic blogger um and it like ruins his life the dude gets like (laughs) fired and all this shit happens um so basically he snaps kidnaps the food blogger and then makes him perform food related like tasks (laughs) yeah he makes him prepare food based on the reviews that he had done like destroyed other um chefs yeah like cook the perfect over easy egg and if you'd get it wrong he would get like punished horribly if he got it right, he would be allowed to eat. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he does not get allowed to eat. <laughs> <laughs> what? Doesn't get to eat a whole lot of food. No, that's... Uh, uh, but I thought it sounded absurd and awesome, so... Yeah, I mean, when I read that, I was expecting something to be a slightly comedic. Me too. Um, very silly. I was yeah, expecting it to silly. be like a black comedy, like heavily comedic. Yeah, like something you can call it that, but uh, not the case with this particular movie, no? No. no. It was more of a thriller with like... A few comedic undertones here and there. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell there are a couple of places where they're trying to lighten the mood or at least make you kind of like get that sh- sort of like shock laugh. Yeah, exactly. But overall, it played it very straight. It, yeah. It did. It played it more straight than I thought it was going to, um, considering, you know, this movie didn't have like a DVD menu. So I was already like <laughs> feeling slightly negative. Like, well, come on. What the hell? Well, it doesn't have a DVD menu. Ironic, a movie about restaurants, no menu. What? <laughs> I came up with that one before we started the show, guys. <laughs> How long are you holding on that? Five minutes. All right, great. Um, but so, yeah, that was not good looking. No, so it wasn't looking good, but uh, it ended up being better than uh, anticipated. So why don't we start with some successes? Um, the acting was spot on. Yeah. I, I couldn't have asked for better in a movie like this. And so who... I mean, these are familiar faces, actually, in this movie. They um, are. Yes. Oh. They are. Well, uh, James Legros, or Legros, was in Bad Girls with Drew Barrymore, that, like, 90s cowboy girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cowboy girl movie. Um, oh, yeah, I know that one. And he was also in, like, the modern retelling of Macbeth, which was called Scotland, PA. And he was great in that movie, too. I love it. And Josh Leonard, who was in Blair Witch Project, Blair Witch, yeah. was our dickhead food critic. Yeah, so they picked, um, I mean, 
some familiar faces for all of us, so it made it kind of easier to get into it. And they picked some good actors, too. I, I thought, thought they the both did good. a great job. Yeah, considering Fantastic. they were the central point of the movie, so much, I would say more than 80% of the movie was just these two guys interacting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they were the ones carrying this entire thing. Yeah, they brought a serviceable amount of intensity to their roles. Yeah. Sure. And I think it's impressive how much they managed to accomplish with mostly just two actors. Yeah. I mean, this movie's got about six characters, and usually about two of them are on screen at any given time. I love and the private investigator. Oh, he yeah. was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the private investigator character was on point. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote down that he was a perfect slob. <laughs> really is. <laughs> he had like the receding hairline skullet and like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know there was a word for that. And, uh, like the earring and just the Oh, uh, like those like, like really colorful sunglasses. Yes. You know? Ugh. <laughs> One of those guys. But yeah, all the characters in this movie, very solid, very yeah. uh purposeful. Mm-hmm. You could say this movie had a lot of purpose behind it. It did. Yeah. It, it did a good job not being like, you know, plotting like, yeah perfect yes, it thank cut you. to the I, chase yeah and i feel like maybe i'm giving it i don't, I don't want to say i'm giving it too much credit but the fact is we just came off of the final match the last the match. last match yeah. well last, yeah mm-hmm. and i mean that movie had no like drive whatsoever it was just a lot of people walking around and there wasn't really anything pushing like there's no motivators i never really felt like there was any kind of it just didn't care yep exactly uh, this within the first 10 minutes we had uh, a reasonable motivation for the food critic and for the um, the chef. Totally. Oh, yeah. I, I totally understood where both of these characters are coming from. It didn't waste any time setting that up. And as soon as we got into the action, I was like, okay, this all makes reasonable sense within the context of a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. And also within the context of what we watched, uh, just most of the time, this was way higher quality than, oh, than most totally. of us. I mean, considering it, was, it is in the age of... You know, I think that that huge push in DSLR filmmaking, I'm not sure if this was one of those DSLR, but like when uh, independent kind of low budget movies started to look really good, you know, mm-hmm. they started to do that really well. And I thought this was this benefited from that a lot. And to cut into that, um, I think part of the reason it looked so successful is that the special effects were done mostly practically. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They, they, I don't think I recognized any CG in there. It looked like all the blood where they used it sparingly was practical yeah um and places where they didn't think they would be able to accomplish an effect they just cleverly either like hit it from sight or like did it off camera and it it was more powerful for that yeah yeah for sure yeah i had that as a plus Mm -hmm. the makeup effects Mm -hmm. they were not over the top but not underdone yeah Right where they needed to be. Goldilocks special effects there. <laughs> the uh, food critics like cheekburn that was like getting worse and worse throughout the movie. Yeah, that, like, was, that disgusting. was That was really well executed. Like yeah. one side of his face just looked so damaged and gaunt and terrible, and the other side was just slightly distressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they saved their um, their you know really over the top, not over the top, but their their big special effects for like very key moments in mm-hmm. the movie. Um, so I thought that was well executed in that sense as well. So what else we got? Uh, let's see. We covered pacing, development, motivation, yeah. <laughs> all of yes, those things. You know, all things that make a decent movie. Right? <laughs> We're not used to talking about good movies. So. Well, yeah. I wrote that down like rapid fire, like pacing, comma, development, comma. <laughs> but yeah, we got that all up. Makeup effects uh, and my love for the PI. I think <laughs> that was all the pluses that I had down. Um, I think this movie had a pretty salient commentary to make about critics. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, around... Th- this was made 2010? Uh, yeah, 2009, 2010, 2000, I'm okay. assuming, yeah. So, I mean, around that time, 
uh, when I used to spend more time on the internet. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the, the concept of criticism on the internet was just be as viciously mean and rude as you possibly can, um, regardless of how rude and mean the thing that you're reviewing actually warrants. And I feel like this is some sort of reaction to that kind of climate where reviewing things isn't really supposed to be about um, you know, giving it a fair judgment, but rather just tearing it apart as mean, as viciously as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, and I, I, as soon as we started watching this, I started thinking about um, Heckler, the the documentary, the Jamie Jim. Kennedy one. Yeah, that yeah. piece of crap. <laughs> Look at me. I never, wa- I never watched it. Okay, so I mean, I'll give that its fair due. The first twenty thirty minutes are pretty good, and then it becomes extremely self indulgent. Um, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy has the thinnest skin ever, but that's besides the point. Um, the thing is, like, this sets up kind of it, it makes it come off as like, okay, this critic is being unfairly vicious to the people that he's reviewing and you kind of see the consequences of that yes um and honestly it it I, i'm trying to figure out if it really oversteps its bounds and saying hey if you can't do it then don't review it which is something i've never agreed with you know i, I think there's like a, yeah. a, a a line where i can say well i don't know how to make a movie but i can say that whatever i just saw was a piece of garbage <laughs> um which is basically what we do on the show so it became a very self-reflective yeah we were thinking about watching that. this <laughs> if that were the case most thing, most things would be off the table for criticism to most people right and I, I feel like this this very nicely tread the the waters of not necessarily saying hey if you can't do it don't review it but it also said you don't have to be a dick about it yeah which i hope is kind of where we come across on the show where we give everything its fair shake yeah if it earned it then it gets it mm-hmm. you know, and if it didn't then and it doesn't and of course all of our personal opinions feel, feel these things which is what makes it unique yeah well i like the angle that it took with the blogger his name was jt, uh, JT, Frank. Um, JT, Frank, yeah. JT Frank. i liked how it kind of took the angle of jt being just a vicious vicious critic but at the same time his life behind that was like super miserable yeah like he was that asshole in his regular life and in his work life Mm -hmm. and at first you know it's weird like at first i was like i totally get why peter's so upset and like i'm kind of rooting for him but then as soon as it like flipped and he had him i was like can't get behind you anymore yeah this is just a little too much i actually had down for uh for a note like you know i don't even know who i'm rooting for right now yeah Yeah. i'm like both these guys are just hurt dudes and they've led shitty lives and then they collided in with each other and it just didn't work out well for either of them yeah like jt i was like oh well i mean he's being a ruthless critic okay but then he was totally being a total dick to his wife total dick and i was like like, he was like i don't care if you live or die or like stay or go whatever i don't give a shit i was like wow you are a prick in all aspects of life (laughs) yeah but then you know you find out something that happened in his life which caused all the self-loathing and all that other shit you know yeah i i think not to call it a failure i think they could have done a better job maybe expounding on why he was so miserable Maybe not like throw it in to be like so like well every oh you know his his kid died and he can't finish his novel and he's miserable. I feel like maybe they could have stretched that out to be a little bit longer, but I'm not going to fault the movie because it set it up very tersely and I appreciated that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, don't linger on that. It was concise. It gave me everything I needed to know. So <laughs> it's like all right, it didn't you know pander to the oh this is definitely what he's feeling. I can I can get it he, right for a horror movie shorthand. It was perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. If it agree. was if they were just trying to make like a straight drama about the between these two characters, I say okay, you know, stretch it out a little bit. If this was like a two-hour drama about these characters instead of a horror movie, yeah, I think it could have been stretched out a little bit. But for what it was supposed to be, it was perfect. 
Yeah, yeah, I can agree. And um, basically, I'd say just the overall look and feel of the movie. Mm. Um, you know, they they did everything right to create the moods with lighting and color and everything. You know, it was just well done. It was a well edited piece as well. You know, just tight. Yeah, it was competent. Competent. <laughs> I was not expecting that today. Me either. Yeah. I expected it to be really silly and like tongue in cheek and dark. And it was just kind of it was, it was dark, just, it was, serious. Yeah, movie. yeah, and. And uh, they did it correctly. There was like serious pathos on the screen, yeah. which is very rare for these types of movies. Yeah, at first, <laughs> I didn't think that um, Peter was like crazy enough to go through with it. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I don't see him as like that type of villain. Like he just doesn't seem crazy enough. Yeah. Until he like had uh, JT in the woods and he was like shooting his gun in the air and like just screaming help. Like hi, nobody's yeah. gonna find you. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that, that's kind of crazy. He kind of snapped. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. It, it came out like, and they did it well. It was paced perfectly because it took about a half hour before we got to that point. Yeah. So like, we kind of see just but they fit yeah. so much into that first like yes. half hour. You had like a great idea of who these people were. Like you mm -hmm. got to see Peter on his talk show and like at his work at the restaurant and yeah. it was just he's like not getting any respect from anybody yeah it was very complete and you kind of see that it was his review that tore all this apart right it wasn't necessarily just the critic it was just like everything building up to that it's just that review was the last thing that that set him off yep well yeah well it was the review that had uh mario batali fire him mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah! By the way, Mario yeah. Batali's in this movie, and he actually did a good job. <laughs> he says "fuck" a lot. Yeah, he swore a lot. And I was like, "Oh, nice!" He got to swear a lot, and then he actually—he was. I was like, "Wow, he was. That was pretty good, actually." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was well. like Mario Batali as not himself, but awesome nonetheless. <laughs> um. So if uh, if that's it, then do we, would we like to transition to failures? I still have more things to say. We have, oh, we have yeah, more success. Believe it or not, yeah. All right, then um, pile it on. Uh, this movie uses misdirection in a very sharp yes. way. Agreed. Because, I mean, maybe it's because we went into this expecting, like, a, a subgrade horror movie. Um, there, we were constantly saying, like, oh, he's going to make him do this, like, because we weren't expecting the movie to waste any time in, you know, just throwing something on the screen. And most of the time, we were wrong. Like, you know, there, there was the scene where the um, the food critic's wife was... You know, brushing her teeth in the mirror, you know, classic setup. She opens the the um, the bathroom mirror to get, like, something out of it, closes the mirror. There's no one behind her. Yeah. I was like, oh, they didn't do that. I, thought, I, I thought for sure someone was going to be there. Yeah, such a horror movie cliche. And they set it up perfectly to say, hey, we're setting up this cliche, but we're not going to act on it. And then 10 seconds later, the guy shows up behind her in a different section of the house. They yeah. set it up completely differently. I yeah. love that. And that was, it was well done. Mm. Definitely. It was a good element of creepiness. Yeah, they, they constantly were setting up moments where, where they were misdirecting us into thinking something was going to happen and letting the tension build, letting the tension deflate a little bit and then immediately hitting you with something. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, interesting pace. It was well done. Um, Well, if that's... <laughs> I think I'm good now. I'll, I'll stop gushing. Um, well, on the topic of cliches um, that they had done successfully, they kind of broke it there. Uh, another a place where they use it was they did with the the PI character, the axe, the axe in the back. I had that as a negative. As yeah, well. I didn't like that. Yeah, it was one of those. You know, the movie had done so well at you know mis misleading us along the way. And this was kind of towards the end. And then they just whip out a cliche that was expected, and you know, then it actually happened, and yeah, that was a, that was a little. They could have done something a little more uh, unique. Like, thank you, yeah. Th thank you for knowing every single <laughs> word that I want to say, but I can't right now. Yeah, 
I mean, a part of me wonders if that was done intentionally to be like, okay, we're going to throw this one cliche in here to like let your guard down. <laughs> I don't know if I, I, I can't speak to what the filmmakers were doing. Yeah, maybe so he always really... wanted to shoot a scene like that. I, I wouldn't blame him because that it was well shot. It's oh, just to happen it, to be no, a cliche. did it right. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Guy comes stumbling into the room and you're like, oh, hey, he's there. And then he falls to his knees and has an axe on his back. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been done yeah. to death. Yeah, but, but that, that's okay. That's I mean, just a really small thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it was something that it was, oh, because they had done such a good job with it before to see them not mm-hmm. as much, then it, that's why it was a little disappointing. Yeah, I'll take a, ch- a point away from that because I don't want to be like unfairly supportive of this movie mm. just because it we were in a good mood. <laughs> shines in the sea of like crap that we watch <laughs> yeah. at all times. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Another thing I didn't like about it was the ham-fisted symmetry of him being stabbed in the neck at the end. I agree. I just thought that was way too on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Um, felt very horror movie We find out early in the movie that him and his brother were playing in the woods when they were young, and his brother was like a bully that always picked on him, and he basically pushes him down and is like strangling him, and he stabs his brother in the neck and buries him, and then we find out that that's where all his mental anger problems stem mm-hmm. from. Uh, fast forward to the end, and his the critic's wife stabs him in the neck with a stick just like he did to his brother and it was just needless and then that's the end yeah i didn't like that i was like that's too it's too on the nose so on the nose yeah like it smashes the nose in with a (laughs) cast iron skillet yeah i can agree with that for sure i did not like it well uh, and uh, oh wait you have something else to say about this Uh, no well sort of i was just gonna say i was really hoping for like a food related death (laughs) 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 yes uh, that would have been much nicer. I only had three negatives, and that was that I wanted it to be a comedy, and the axe in the back, and the plot symmetry. Yeah, I can agree with that. The movie didn't take too many missteps. No. No. I mean, it did a lot of stuff, you know, very unique, whilst being, you know, inside the, the typical uh, horror format, but they just tweaked it was, some of the elements enough to be a little weird and kind of funny. Yeah, it was, yeah. like, familiar without being derivative yeah, yeah, of, like, nice. something else. Like, it brought its own uniqueness to it. Yeah, because I liked the fact that it was all, you know, food-related, and he was a food critic, and, the, you know, the chef kidnapped the food critic, and he's making <laughs> him cook these meals. It's like a torture. Yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah, it's completely outrageous. That's why we thought it was going to be, like, way funnier. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they they made something that was that silly, and our expectation was silly, and they turned it into something that was serious and that we took away going, whoa, that was kind of bit much there, but that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are there any uh, risks that we have for the movie? Oh. Um, does we take any risks? I was going to say, the fact that the premise is pretty unique. It um, is. I feel like most horror movies kind of take pretty similar steps, and not to say that this doesn't fit within sort of that same like psychological territory, but... I mean, most horror movies are like slashers or they're, yeah, they're, most of them are slashers yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, um, because I'm not super familiar with the genre, but I mean, this slasher or like possession movie. Yeah, like exactly <laughs> like supernatural or slasher or maybe both. Um, and this kind of took it in a separate area because this isn't really necessarily a slasher and it's got a chef as the villain. <laughs> uh, celebrity chef. Celebrity chef is <laughs> Which, I mean, I can't think of too many movies that would follow that that line. In fact, I have a hard time thinking of any movies about chefs. Uh, <laughs> so this felt very fresh and unique to me. What about the movie Chef that just came out with John Favreau? 
Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought this movie took a risk with where they took, I mean, our, our main character, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Once I, again, I guess it's I'd, the blurred line, but you could say yes. I'd, I'd say the food critic is the main character. I mean, he's the protagonist, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. If you wanted it. I mean, I don't think this really fits if into it that was traditional cl- narrative. Clear cut, yeah. yeah. Um, but so I guess in, the, in all of the tests he's doing, the last test is our uh, chef, Peter Gray, is going to hunt the food critic, and he gives him a three-minute head start. So that's the last test there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the meantime, the... Uh, the wife had gotten kidnapped by the chef, and he was going to do something with the two of them. I don't know. Yeah, we, that doesn't really pan out. We don't have no idea. Yeah, we have no idea. I'm pretty sure he was going to chop up the dead P.I. and feed it to the wife. Well, well he, he I, he I thought he had already that. began doing that. Yeah, he, he had already been doing that. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not going to tell her what I've been feeding her, he says. Oh, yeah. And then they find the, the P.I. in the, the kitchen. Which is gross. like covered in a tarp, <laughs> which they had to do no special effects for that. And I was like, ooh, grody. Yeah. Which I was really awesome. Yeah. Less is more. Um, so, yeah, the wife is there and then she manages to escape from the basement. She's all tied up and she runs into the to her husband, the food critic, and they get the keys in the car and they're about to leave. They're, they just they're seemingly out of the out of the woods. And all of a sudden, our food critic, our main character of this whole movie gets sniped and shot in the head out of, shot nowhere. In the head out of nowhere. And he's just dead. Like the whole, and then this all of a sudden, this tension just transfers to the wife, and then you start, you instantly empathize with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're like, whoa, because you kind of were, you know, she was given to you earlier in the movie, and then you you empathize with her. You're like, oh my god, everything's on her now. Yeah, yeah. she's got to get away. And, yeah, he uh, gets shot and crashes the car, and then she has to like run for her life, basically. Yeah, and that's when you know she stabs him in the neck for the ending. And then it would just cut to credits. It was just like, done story, out. We've, we've done what we <laughs> Cold need to. Cold end, here yep. we go. Yeah, we don't need to see the follow-up. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's what happened. Um, and so I thought that was a little different. I mean, it was it kind of brought me down a little bit. <laughs> then back up again. Don't worry. She just marries Mario Batali. And then... Oh! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great ending. <laughs> Totally changed my outlook. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I thought that was different. They, you know, they had the license to do it and they did it. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Wasn't expecting it. So if we don't have any more risks or whatever, it's a time for favorite parts. Favorite parts. All right. Let's do favorite parts. Uh, who wants to start? Um, so when uh, Peter has JT li- locked up in the basement, and I think <laughs> it was like challenge number two that he wakes him up for. But it's it's very unexpected. It comes from from a very low key scene. I think it might have been after you know Peter's talking to one of the PIs or something. Peter just busts into the basement where he's keeping JT and starts shocking him with a pod, uh, cattle prod. Just <laughs> wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Which I feel like the filmmakers had to have done that for like some sort of comedic bent. Like at first, like the first two times he does it, I'm like, oh Jesus, that's horrifying. And then like he kept doing it, and it just became funny to me. <laughs> Yeah. I really appreciated that. For it sure. Was, it was unexpected. It was funny. And it was shocking all at the same time. Because <laughs> uh, it was a cattle prod, see? <laughs> Another moment uh, similar to that one uh, that I would say was my favorite part was when, I think it was during the second to last one where he was eating the rabbit and the ravioli. That looked wicked and all that good. stuff. <laughs> yeah, it looked very good. But oh. the, the ch- challenge was to, one of them had poison in it, uh, which had the fake... Uh, the not local wildberry. Yeah, so mulberries. So JT, yeah. Mul- mulberries. The I'm imported sorry. mulberries. There's yeah. imported mulberries that were po- poisoned, and then there were the local mulberries. Uh, and then he had to tell the difference between the two. 
because he claimed he could, and in the review that sunk uh, Peter's restaurant. You know, he just devours the food after he selects which one he wants, and then it escalates really quickly. He gets stabbed in the hand, and then he just starts giving the chef a bad review at the table. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, with a knife stuck in his hand, he's bleeding all over the tablecloth. <laughs> just, and, like, hyperventilating. Yeah. And he was just like, it was overcooked. <laughs> The pasta, the pasta was <laughs> overcooked. And he was just laughing, and I was like, oh, this is great. I like that as well. Yeah. Um, I really liked like the second challenge, first or second challenge, when he had to cook the egg. I think that was the first one, yeah. yeah. Um, I have I all ju- the challenges down, actually, if we yeah, want to Yeah, I wrote them, them down, oh. too. Um, but just the fact that they made, like, <laughs> he cracks the egg, and you're like, all right, putty, like, just keep it steady. Yeah. And then he goes <laughs> to flip it, and, like, for a second, you think that it, like, didn't crack like the yolk didn't break and then it shows a close-up of it and it's just a tiny bit oozing out and you're just like <gasps> oh no <laughs> i was like i love the thing like you said you're like they made an egg like yeah tense. they make cracking an egg tense like how do you do that <laughs> yeah like, like flipping that's... an egg was like the point of so much concentration <laughs> yeah but it worked and i was like <gasps> yeah the horror movies are usually so much more high stakes than that yeah and the fact that they managed to make something as simple as cracking an egg work yeah. Would you say Very this impressive. movie was high stakes? <gasps> no. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Even I would, he had to cook a steak. I wouldn't say that either. Yeah, we could run through the uh, yeah, trials so, if yeah. you want. The first uh, one was the water yeah, one. Yeah, water was first, and then he had to make an egg the way he liked it, which was over easy. Yeah. So he had to make the perfect over easy egg. That was number two. Number three was he had to make a, a medium rare steak. Mm-hmm. But he had to do all these while like tied up and chained down and <laughs> with his he hands tied together. Ultra stressed out <laughs> and yeah. starving. Yeah. He, he could barely reach whatever he was using. So he, you know, I'm sure there's some symbolism there, but I'm too stupid to pick it out. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was the poison taste test of the rabbit ravioli. And then there was the deadly prey ending where he got hunted. Yeah. So those were all the the challenges. Surviving the game. Slash iced tea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, another part that I thought was really funny was when he (laughs) busted into the basement and it was like, Oh, it's uh, welcome back to Cook for Your Life with oh. Peter Gray. Because <laughs> he hadn't referred to it as anything up until that point. And then I just thought Cook for Your Life was hilarious. <laughs> that would be a legitimate cooking show. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd watch shows like this. This is like like snuff Food Network movie <laughs> show. Networks. I wrote down that it was Saw with food. Yeah. It, pretty much. Yeah, it was. Very You palatable. have a task. I'd watch it. So on uh, Peter's cooking show, they're showing like the the movie is always cutting back to like his cooking show, where he's kind of depicted as like a little pretentious control freak. Yeah, like, he's and he's he's paired with like the super bubbly like co-host. Doesn't really know anything about cooking. Is constantly giving him shit. Uh, I wrote that she was a bitch. She, she was. <laughs> she was. She was making terrible jokes. She's pretty horrible. But my favorite. Um, He's talking about, you know, how his egg is locally sourced and look at the look at that golden yolk and it's got, you know, no chemicals and it's just farm raised, you know, free range. And she's just like, it looks like a normal egg to me. <laughs> but then there's a point where he accidentally knocks the, um, the, the bowl. <laughs> he accidentally knocks the bowl with the egg in it over because she hid like his whisk or something. And she just goes, oh, looks like your frittata is banana. <laughs> like some imaginary Italian word. <laughs> And the audience just like, ah! <laughs> we were like, what the fuck what did the, she just say? That doesn't make any sense. We should rewind it and put on the captions and see if the subtitles tell us what it is. It sounded like she your, said your frittata is balada. It's going to say your frittata is unintelligible. <laughs> <laughs> Which would actually be better insult than balada. What, do, what is fucked? 
Okay. All right. Are we ready to write it now? Uh, I think I'm good, yeah. All right. Let's. So let's rate it then. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, fuck I'm gonna you. have to give it an unfortunate fuck off. Oh my god, my fucking father. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I will start. You start then. What is Since it? Since it was my gosh Dan pick. Gosh Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I did say Dan. Whoops. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> um, we apologize, all Dan. This movie a fucking surprising. Fucking surprising. Fucking surprise. 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 Uh, it was not what I expected it to be, but in a positive way. It ended up surprising oh. me mm-hmm. in a pleasant way. Um, I could have done with maybe a little bit more humor. Yeah. Uh, Considering the subject matter. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was just so silly. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, I enjoyed it, and it was a breath of fresh air amongst the piles of drivel we subject ourselves <laughs> to at all times. That's true. I liked it. I'd recommend it if you're just in the mood for a movie you've never seen that's going to be thoroughly entertaining the whole way through. Yeah, I can dig it. What about you, Eric? I'm going to give this a fuck yeah. Wow. All out fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm in a, a, a good mood or that we were expecting something much worse than this. Yeah. But it, it very much caught me off guard. I feel like I would want to give it a second viewing and maybe see if there are things that I didn't pick up on originally. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought it had a very fresh premise. Um, it felt original. I felt like I've never seen this before. Like a lot of the times when we watch like a really crummy derivative horror movie, it's usually like I've seen this before. Or I've even like I'm aware of the trappings of this. Yeah. Um, this just felt very unique. Um, I'm not much of a horror movie person, but I would actually go ahead and say this is probably one of the best horror movies I've personally seen. Wow, that um, is crazy. It probably is. Because no, that's okay. Horror is yeah. not my genre, but like this just felt very original to me, and I really appreciated that. Oh, right. that's awesome. Um, and I will give this movie a, a pretty fucking good, if I can, and for all the reasons you mentioned. Made. And everything they did was competent. They knew what they were doing. The filmmaker... All had an eye for what they wanted to accomplish, and it came across, totally. uh, considering it was just a straight-to-DVD thing. Hmm. But yeah, pretty fucking good. Hmm. Agreed. Surprising. Final thoughts before we wrap up? This movie made me hungry. Is that weird? Not yeah, at all. All the food looked so good. Like, everything he made looked so amazing. Yeah. Do I wrote <laughs> down that I was so hungry. <laughs> Do you think Mario Batali made all the food? I, hope, I really hope so. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's wrap up then. Oh, do we want to talk about It Follows? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just watched It Follows this past weekend. and before, New in theaters. Yeah, before we get into it, I'm actually going to say, and I'll, I'll stage what we're about to say a lot, I like this movie more than I liked It Follows. Oof. I did. Did you? I don't know. You don't know They're if you like two this very movie different more? kinds of movies. I had high hopes for It Follows, despite me not wanting to psych myself up for things to be disappointed. Um, I thought it had a great original premise. Yeah. And I felt like they could have done so much with it, and they just set up so much shit that they did not follow through with. I yeah, I can agree with that. And I read an article about the ending and like 
how the writer director said it was just because they were dumb kids but i feel like that's just kind of a cop-out for not writing a compelling climax and ending to your movie yeah i mean that movie was dragging me along you know i was it started out pretty good you know i for the first half hour i was buckled in dude i <laughs> people are really good at starting movies they just can't end them i don't understand it like so that this movie started and I was along for the ride and then it kind of went back and forth for a little bit and I was like, okay, well, let's just, you know, see how it pays off. Let's go to the end. And when it ended, I was so mad. <laughs> I was pissed. I was like, that's not like, uh, oh, it's an ambiguous ending. It was just no ending, in my opinion. It just stopped. I was like, you can't. I don't. I don't. I didn't appreciate it. See, I don't usually mind endings like that because the same could be said for things like No Country for Old Men. Like it doesn't have an ending; it just ends. But they just kept setting things up that they didn't use. Like when the guy passed the thing on to her, he like set her up for it. He took every measure to convince her and like make her understand and believe what he was saying yeah. and like what was happening. And she did not extend that courtesy. She just like cowered and was like, what do I do? Yeah. And like nobody wanted to like put in the, the legwork work. to like make this thing go away. This is a very serious problem I you have. Just, uh, <laughs> you should bogus. get it fixed. But there were some parts in the beginning that I found ultra creepy yeah. and I thought were super cool. The music was super cool. The music was really good. Um, it looked really good. I liked yeah. the style. It just fell flat for me. It was just disappointing. Yeah, agreed. That's in my opinion, we just we, figured we throw that in there. Throw since it, in. it was something new, and uh, a lot of people seem to be interested in it, and it got good reviews. So, all right. So <laughs> you've been listening to Second Class Cinema. We watched Bitter Feast 2010, and we were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, we were. Give it a viewing. Uh, we watched it on DVD, like we said. We bought it from uh, an old. Shut down video store <laughs> at the flea market now. <laughs> um, ten movies for ten dollars. Yep, go to that flea market. <laughs> I'm not gonna say where it is called. because I want to buy all the movies. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, now we're gonna go feast on some barbecue. Bye. Yeah. So we're, wait, have to talk about where everyone can see us. Bye. At the barbecue place, obviously. <laughs> Later's. <Just kidding>. Commonwealth <laughs> Barbecue, Rentham, Massachusetts. <laughs> so you can find us on Facebook. Uh, give us a like there. Uh, Facebook.com slash Second Class Cinema. We are on YouTube, and we're going to start doing video, and we've got our audio up there, even though I've been oh, lazy. I can't wait for video content. We're, we're working on video content. We're very excited about it. We went wardrobe shopping today, and it was <laughs> fucking miraculous. Yeah. Check out Instagram for a preview yeah. of what's about to come. <laughs> we should use Instagram more to promote a lot of the stuff we're doing for the, for yeah, the short yeah, that we're making. I'll do it. We'll do that. <laughs> so we're on Instagram, too. Uh, we're on Twitter, Second Class Cinema on Twitter, at 2ND Class Podcast. We're also on Instant Grandma if you need a grandma in an instant. <laughs> Dude, I got so many grandmas I need to unload. Yeah. If if you're looking for like $50 in your birthday every year, go to Instant Grandma. Yeah. I they got, don't buy grandmas. They only sell them. I got grandmas. I got Grammys. <laughs> I, I got Bubbles. I got them all. You got Nanas? What have you, oh, I got plenty of Nanas. Okay, good. Yeah, we got overstock of Nanas. Yeah, we got plenty of Nanas. Trust me. Um... <laughs> And where else are we? We're on uh, uh, Imager. Podbean. Imager and Podbean. Uh, we're hosted on Podbean. We like them a lot. I like them. I like the service. It's been working out really well. Yeah, I do like it. I uh, like them and I like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like you and you. <laughs> I'm uh, used to hearing that line so cool. I, I know. love you. <laughs> and then we have GIF files that are on Imager and also on our Podbean website. We got some good stuff up there, so check it out. Yeah, we got some good stuff. I'm a little behind because some of the stuff we've been watching has been a little weird for me to get, but <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out. 
And uh, that's pretty much it, I think. All right, goodbye!